The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's one mysterious bitch. Let's put her in rock bottom. Yeah, we have no idea where to put you. Or where you are. So. <laughs> You're going right to the bottom. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Clarabel A. Ortega. And I'm Ryan LaSalla, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. And we're back today with another exciting slash excruciating episode of... <laughs> The Story of Lex and Livia, Rebel City of Indra by Kendall and Kylie Jenner, our season two read. Now, if you are Ooh. listening along or even reading along and want to discuss every single episode, we are active as fuck in Discord. You can find the link in our show notes. But also, please seek us out on social media. Um, right now, we are mostly using Instagram at Bad Author Book Club. Um, we have... Uh, a few other presences elsewhere, but with the shifting world of social media, your best bet is to seek us out on Discord or Instagram for the time being. And of course, if you love the podcast, if you want to share it with friends, do so and leave us uh, a rating or a review uh, espousing all the merits and all of the amazing qualities of your two co-hosts. That's what we like to see. That's yes. what the FDA requires in order to keep us on the airwaves. <laughs> not the fda yeah the fda forget <laughs> yeah, the agencies involved today's episode is chapter two special operations two apprenticeship what do you say chapter two why am i looking at roman numerals bitch what the fuck you're gonna give everyone an aneurysm we were I'm so sorry. I'm going to give myself an idiot. Let's do that again. Today's episode is Chapter 11, Special Operations Apprenticeship. Lex. Oh, immediately, alarm bells are going off in my head because we just had a Lex chapter. I was so upset because I was like, I've had enough of this. And, I, and you, you know how yeah. annoyed I was mm -hmm. in the last episode yeah. and then they were like a little bit more yeah just to really fuck up your day yeah um, i mean the book has not broken from its cadence until just now and which is fine i mean books can sort of like it's it can do whatever it wants but 
when you've established a pattern to sort of break <laughs> out of it, like there's got to be a good reason. And I was like, what's like, what is the reason here? I don't really know what it was, but in, I guess in my head, I was like, oh my God, are we going to get to go to the emergence ball next? Thinking these things would like coincide. But what I think actually happened is that they realized that like these two plot lines aren't actually as parallel as they thought. So now we've got to play some catch up because Lex is like behind I guess I yes. don't really know, but it feels. I'm like, oh, so you went through. All- I have a theory. Tell me. Well, let's wait till we get to the end because I don't want to do any spoilers. Okay. But- okay. So we begin this chapter with another excerpt from the Book of Indra, chapter chapter uh, eight this time around. Uh, the title is Indra, protecting a great society, and then the title of this, this excerpt, I guess, is the Population Control Forces Army: colon, Protectors and Servants of Indra, and it's basically kind of a breakdown of the different positions like cadets could get. I think mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure, but it sounds like the populi- Oh my god, the Population Control Forces is basically like the army, like the militia in Indra. Yeah, right? it's just basically saying what they do and yeah. how they're chosen through like a process it says veiled in secrecy yeah um yeah which again like if this is like a textbook type book that like feels like a weird wording but okay yeah so yeah so it just talks about how some of the special forces or the population control forces are will work for like special operations mm-hmm. and in the lowest levels, also known as rock bottom, which is where Lex is yeah. going to be <laughs> it says, it says, eventually. The most elusive and lethal members of this highly exclusive force will work in the special operations in the lowest level, also known as rock bottom. I love, like, the most elusive and lethal. Because you could definitely be measured on, like, lethalness, right? Like, in your training. But, like, how do they measure, like, elusiveness in training? Do they, like... <laughs> They're like, all right, your elusive test starts now, and everyone just like ducks behind like a bad dentist office plan or something like that. It's we can't figure you out. Yeah, they're like, they're like, damn, she's You're going to rock bottom. <laughs> rock bottom. That's a mysteri- That's one mysterious bitch. Let's put her in rock bottom. Yeah, we have no idea where to put you or where you are. So. <laughs> You're going right to the bottom. So, anyways, <laughs> we jump into Lex's POV and. Oh, God, this makes me so furious. So this, like, there's a ton of mistakes um, just at a craft level in the next couple of pages. We, like, don't have time for all of it. But basically, we get sort of a, a, a two-week elapsed time, like, scene of Lex. Basically going, it's a, kind of like a montage. And it's so crazy to me that there's so much information in these pages, but none of it actually tells us, like, what she's doing. She's like, I'm being trained to do the task that I'm being trained for, which is the task that all cadets train for, but few get to do, but I'm being trained to do it. And I'm like, what's the task? What is the actual task that you're doing? And same thing with, like, the weapons. It's like, I load my weapons up, and they're weapons that I've never used before, but I think that I'm really gonna like using them. I'm like, describe the fucking weapons. Tell us about the weapons. All of this. Everything. The whole thing. It's like So, um, okay, two weeks and I haven't been permitted to leave the academy. This training is so specialized, senior lieutenant tells me, that you'll do it here. When you are deemed adequately prepared, you'll be relocated to the new base of operations. So she's basically in like an apprenticeship, which involves highly specialized training, which we see virtually none of. Because Mm. so far as I can tell, it consists of her like doing drills, right? Like 
to get the protocols down, which we don't know any of the protocols, and then doing fitness exercises. We also don't know any of the fitness exercise. Like, I'm like, this is a great time to give us, like, really good specifics about, like, the rigor that she's being put through, but she's just like, it's so hard. Never have I done anything harder than this. It's so specialized. Like, you wouldn't believe... Well, you know what? She's being elusive. She has really earned her spot on this force because this is some elusive <laughs> ass shit. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, it is. It, what I've re- come to realize is that the biggest problem with why the writing in this book doesn't work for me is because it's so very passive. Mm. So every single time that we are brought into a situation, we're always being told what happened in the past tense almost every time mm-hmm. like it's never like we never like jump into a situation we never see the thing happening and there's a place for those moments right for for us be for them explaining what happened mm-hmm. off the page basically but that is the majority of the writing and that's why i feel so disconnected from everything like her relationship with kane and everything that she went through in the academy for the most part, the mm. only thing that I can really remember her doing was yeah. the fucking game. <laughs> yeah, I could, I have no idea what training looked like in the academy because we never yeah, at all we never got into except it except for like the final simulation. The final right? simulation. Everything yeah. was told in past tense. Everything was told that they had done it, mm-hmm. and she was I'm so tired from all this training. But we we never actually get to see any of it, and it's very frustrating to me. And I feel like they focus so much on the wrong things at the beginning of this book Mm -hmm. and on showing the lore of these characters, so Mm -hmm. to speak that they didn't give themselves adequate time to talk about these things in a fleshed out way that made us really feel invested in the process of her graduating or becoming this like special operations person. Right. Um, Yeah, totally. So she has a home pod. Now we find out. Yeah. It's like bigger than before. She has two food choices. None for vegetarians. Only yeah, jerky. No, and no veggie option. Yeah. <laughs> and she's being trained by this person called Special Operative Langhorn. Basically, besides him and the woman who brings her her food, she doesn't see anybody. She's like alone all day, mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And she's just listening to training. Like, th- she's not even seeing what they're doing. She's just listening to special operations and right taking notes down on everything they're doing but that's it so she's like by herself all the time this is a really good example of what i was talking about before so yes she's listening to like actual ops doing their missions she's only has like an ear feed in and she goes like here's a paragraph after my morning workout i spend my days observing special ops training on the ear feed no details as to what that means she goes, no visual projections. Not yet. I just sit there with my ear feed turned up. I record the team's actions and file my report at the end of the day. I should listen and learn. That's what Langhorn instructed. But we don't know, like, what are they actually, like, what are they doing? And eventually, it kind of, like, does get to this later on. Um, eventually, she does, like, graduate into getting, like, some visuals, I guess. But I guess the, the idea is that she's shadowing and observing and just sort of, like, taking in how they work. And eventually, she's basically told, like watch them as they go on this mission and according to this they eventually go on a class two scenario uh in which they're just doing recon on some rebels um but just for reference the the assessment that they just took for the simulation exam that's a class four 
real lunatic fringe shit, cannibalistic proclivities, like that's what she calls it. So she's basically observing uh, a lesser severe mission, um, which mm-hmm. is important to know, I guess, because it's supposed to just be like standard protocol, like nothing's really supposed to be too dangerous about this mission. But of course, you know that if Lex is involved, she's going to somehow demonstrate like really high ability to be like a hero, even though she's literally watching this from a computer screen miles away. Well, you see, she's gifted <laughs> in that she can see in the dark. So even though everything's really dark, she can see what they can't. This is which so crazy to makes me. makes no sense because None. you're seeing a feed. Right. You're not replacing. That's like saying your eyes are fixing a pixelated thing. Like, that's not how She, works. Lex, yeah, they're, they're looking at a TV screen of, like, the monitors that are, like, attached to the, like, people in the field and for whatever reason her dark vision can penetrate through the screen and like sort out the darkness which is so funny to me i mean lex really said like siri enhance and like it worked like she's able to like zoom in through the tv and she basically like they're on the mission and she she sees a gun being pointed at them from the darkness like a like a cannon attached to like an artillery vehicle and she's able to and this frustrates me because I'm like I get that they want to show that she's like special what they needed to do was they could have had her notice something but it should have been like she notices like a shape like it's a highly defined image she just happens to be paying attention to the right thing at the right time that would have been fine it doesn't right. have to be her using right. her her powers or something like that too or could it even been her her high heightened hearing like she could have turned her sound all the way up heard through the chatter and assessed you know some sound wave like i don't know there's a million things i don't know why they chose like the stupidest option but they did uh and as a result she's she saves the day by warning them just in time that they're about to be fired upon and she gets in trouble for talking but she does get rewarded handsomely for the fact that she is so so keen (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So she she warns them, and they basically survive because of yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And so then they tell her like, "Hey, you know, you're not supposed, you're not ready to sort of like be moved up, but because of like your the higher ups think you're like ready. So in two days you'll be taking um to your forward operating base. They say, mm-hmm. say. and she's like all right well i have two days and that's enough to meet kane because remember they're supposed to meet in his eighth birthday memory yes yeah i love that like lex and livia both managed to fail upwards at like an astronomical trajectory like every time yeah that's what kylie and kendall know (laughs) oh shit yeah it's true right what you know right what you know yeah own voices for failing upwards but yeah so she disobeys she breaks orders and uh and somehow graduates early from her apprenticeship which is insane but she goes to the memory so she goes to the memory and uh, okay this was confusing but I want to explain it just so the listeners understand. Basically, the way that the memory chips work is that you need to have a specific chip of the memory in order to access it. Uh, and now all citizens have specific memories that are turned into chips by, like, Indrithian officials. And they basically pick the chip. They pick the memories of the individual based upon, like, 
personal significance to like the development of that person um so if something really traumatic happens to you you might have access to that memory like sometime after like you'll get sent a chip basically of it so they're observing everything that you're doing and they're taking specific things and turning them into memories but this begs the question of like well how on earth does she get this chip of the eighth birthday party like what does Kane just like carry around his eighth birthday party like a bunch of them and like hand them out to people that he wants to like hang out with like I don't know I had questions about that we do get the answer to it first but I just wanted to explain how the actual archives work um there's also a really important detail where she says archives aren't duplicated experiences they're subjective without the proper framework going in as a stranger um you couldn't do brain trauma and it's a strictly prohibited action by the high council so you're not supposed to go into other people's archives i also noted that if they're not duplicated like if they're not duplicate experiences they're subjective then probably like the simulation that we just went through also is going to be highly subjective right if they're already you know doing Mm. stuff to these memories and like warping them right like probably other simulations or things in the archives are you know obviously they're bound to be um you know manipulated in really specific ways i'm gonna be honest with you this whole like every explanation of what happens Mm -hmm. and how the archives work for the most part i think except for mother horse going in i understood that perfectly (laughs) everything else i feel so confused by it like there's a lot of explanation Every single time we hear about the archives, I feel like there's more and more and more we're learning. Yeah. And it's like, okay, bitch, we're going into memories. We're going into simulations. There's just so many rules. I feel like it's very, like, muddled and precious. And I feel like there are reasons why they're doing these things, like, to explain things away. But I do think that they're over-explaining sometimes, too. Like... Mm -hmm. Of course, there's always going to be readers that are, like, nitpicky about how things work and how they don't. But honestly, I think unless it's really, like, too convenient or something that, like, wouldn't make sense based on the other world building, then I don't think you have to explain every single fucking detail of it. Because it just... Now I'm just, like, (laughs) there's all these rules I feel like I need to remember, right? Yeah. And, like, I can't. Like, I... There's no way I can. Do you know what this is the equivalent of, like... It's equivalent of, like, a little kid running into the room being like, look what I can do, and then doing a really shitty cartwheel. Like, this book is constantly, like, running up to us and being like, look, 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 like, world building, and then it does a really bad job of it. I'm like, oh. Every time. Yeah, you didn't need to do any of that. I'm, you know, we were so generous to the ghostwriter in the beginning, but I don't, I don't think we should have been. Maya. (laughs) Yeah, Maya, this is crazy. And I, yeah, I mean... I can't wait to talk to her one day and ask her exactly what happened here. But you're dead. She is you're, not going to talk to she's, us. No, probably not. Um, you're right, though. Like, there's like the world building here is so confusing. And what it does is for the nitpicky reader, which I am, like it introduces a lot of like contradictions into my brain as I'm reading that, I, you know, as an author, I wouldn't want a reader thinking about. For instance, they say, okay, so like the archives, like like you're sent a, a memory chip of like specific memories and, you know, like classic fucking Netflix, right? They send it to you. You then have like a replayable memory that wears and tears the more <laughs> you use it, um, just like a DVD basically. And so the other thing, though, is that, like, you're not supposed to go into other people's things. Now, they're called access chips, so you would think that if you're going to take someone else's access chip and put it into, like, your CD-ROM on your wrist, 
it shouldn't work, right? Like, that would be the sensical thing to do, to build these things that they could only be used and accessed by the people that they're meant for. But no, that's (laughs) not the case. Anybody can use anybody else's access chip, which totally is an oxymoron for (laughs) access chip, right? So there's, like, no security on these things. And then further, so then there's the other consideration of, like, okay, well, then your only other security... It's just making sure that these access ships don't get, like, spread around. Like, you've got to keep a hold of them. But no, for whatever reason, the Cadet Academy has just a box full of everyone's memories, memory chips available in, like, a storage room, which Lex breaks into in order to do all of this. She knows exactly where to look because they've looked there before. She knows exactly how to get in because, and we're all learning this in real time, by the way. She's like, and you know, the lock pad, like that's no issue because Kane and I know how to pick these locks and like, oh, of course, and there's like the access code that you need, but special ops training has its advantages and she bypasses every measure in security, makes it into this like like room and they're just they're just out and about she finds Kane's, it's called his memory box and she's able to find his chip like no problem. It's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, like, there wasn't even a scene, like, going in to the Academy where they have to, like, give up certain memories or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. like this horrifying sort of uh, admissions ritual, right, yeah. that they could have done for, and then us looking back, it would have made, like, more sense. Yeah. But now, all of a sudden, this archive of their memories just so happens to appear in the academy when Lex needs it. The, it, it yes. How, how does... So they have all his memories there? Otherwise, like, how does he know that his eighth birthday is there specifically? Like, that's not, but they this can't is be like, duplicated right. also? So Suddenly, that's the only record of them? All we needed was some sort of, like... I don't know why we have the like the hardware of like the chips and things like that like what we needed was some sort of like ethernet cable hookup and she's got to somehow access like the memory through like a port somewhere right like it, the, the the whole use of like chips and shit like this i'm like what is going on here cuz it introduces should have given them usb tails <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly and so anyways she bypasses every security protocol she finds the chip easily and inserts it into her wrist. This is all in the past tense, by the way. Like, this is all her just, like, catching us up on what she's already done. It's all passive. It's so annoying. In my head, like, the meeting with Kane, obviously, we've had all this build up. It's going to be a really important moment in which, you know, the characters are going to be, like, reunited. Uh, and in my head, I'm like, oh, like, that's a great opportunity to, like, give the character something to fight for, right? So you take a goal of hers like performing in special ops and you put it in direct opposition to her meeting up with her friend right like they have to kind of be mutually exclusive in order for there to be tension so i thought that like her training like getting pulled up her graduating early was going to somehow imperil her ability to meet but of course not no she has just enough time to do this meeting she has all the resources she needs to bypass the security and get there no one stops her she finds the thing that she needs exactly when she needs it and she like you know boots up and then go get like gets right to the memory which then means I'm like, well, something else has to go wrong. But I'm like, but this is like, come on. There should have been so much more attention to get here. There's been not one consequence in this whole book. <laughs> she got promoted. Like, the last one. time she broke a rule. Yeah. Last, several times. Yeah. It is so, I think, at least like in, uh, at least in Model Land, like, um, you know, Tookie was getting emotionally abused by her parents. <laughs> there was some sort of like 
something happening yeah. to yeah. the the main character. Mm-hmm. But these two girls, and aside from them like whining about things, like we haven't really seen them go through it. It doesn't feel, and I think part of that is because we're being told everything in like after the fact. Like, the the suffering always has already passed. Yeah. Or is being told to us in a summary. Yeah, it's like retrospective. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're always starting, like, well into whatever's happening. And uh, so she goes into the birthday. And the birthday is sort of this, like, heightened version of reality where everything seems really big because it's from the point of view of an eight year old, which I thought was kind of cool. I like the idea that, like, the memories themselves sort of take on. Right, like the the experience of or basically how they were experienced, and she makes some comments about how birthdays are really important to people who were allowed to celebrate them, but she never got them because in the orphanage it didn't matter. Um, she's in the garden behind the obelisk, their meeting point. There's a bunch of weird art there because Kane has always been that weird. he made, that he made yeah, as like a little kid, which is fun. Um, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, we should get some more insights about him as, like, a child from this. Like, she should go exploring, right? Because he doesn't show up, right? He's not there yet, so she has some time. But she just, she just, she hangs out in the sculpture garden until a shadow steps out from behind the obelisk. And it's fuck-ass Bob Casino. (laughs) (laughs) And her fuck-ass Bob. What is she doing here? This is so crazy. Ariana, what are you doing here? Yeah, she's like looking um, for me. <laughs> she steps out from behind the, the obelisk and I I wrote, No, um not who you were expecting. She she pouts like she's sad for me. And <laughs> yeah, it's Casina, it's not Kane. So Casina is basically like being a bitch. She's like, I am so important. I can see everything that you're doing because I have an important job. Lex keeps commenting on how pointy her chin is. I'm like, okay, we get it. The bitch has a pointy chin. Yeah, it's Reese Witherspoon. Some people get surgery to have that happen. Just leave her alone. And she's like wondering where Kane is. She's like, what the fuck? Oh, one thing we didn't mention. Mm. One observation she had that I thought was interesting is that it's supposed to be Kane's birthday, but there was nobody around. Oh, right. Yeah. Good. And I thought that was interesting and kind of Lex felt sort of seen like like she was like relatable because she spent so much time by herself, too. And it seemed like Keen did as well. Mm-hmm. So he had like a little like like a camping area sort of outside, almost yeah. like he slept out there. Yeah. It was like very like little kid, like living on his own type feeling, even though it was like a ginormous ma- manner. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so that was before. But anyway, so Casina is, like, bragging about how important she is, blah, blah, blah. Lex is already thinking about shooting her, like, immediately, which, you know what? Do it. Go for it. It wouldn't um, hurt her. It would boot her from the system and give her a really bad headache. But Casina's dialogue here is so weird because, like, she shows up and she's like, you weren't expecting me, were you? And then as if, like, answering, like, Lex's internal monologue, right? She's like... Monologue. Yeah, she's like... My family is very, very, very important. Therefore, I matter. 
more than an orphan ever could. Like, she's responding to thoughts that, like, Lex hasn't actually said out loud. And I don't think it's, like, a form of telepathy. It just is a just a confusion between, like, the conversation that's actually happening between these two girls and the conversation that they, like, meant to have happened. But she's like, yeah, I have access to everything. I know exactly what you're up to, like, when you're up to it. Because she has a role in Indrithian society now, like... I don't know, that gives her these sorts of things because she's so important. And Lex is like, where's Kane? And what proceeds is the most confusing, like, a bit of choreography in this book so, so confusing. Far. <laughs> yeah, like... So, I'm so happy you said that because yeah. I was... But my, I got a headache. I was like, what the fuck? My back hurts after reading that fucking <laughs> yeah. passage because I was like, what is going on? Well, okay, like, so tell me, what do you, what do you think... Like, tell, walk us through what happens next, because I would love to hear it through your eyes, because I, I, I don't I think I have a good grip you, on this either. I do not know. I just know that Casina is telling her, like, I can take you to where he is, basically. Like, yeah. Kane, like she knows where he is. And then we just got to read it, because, like, this makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So Lex goes, where's Kane? I asked. Oh, wait, should, should we wait? Do you, do you want to read Lex's part and I'll be Casina? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Where's Kane? I asked. Get any closer to her and we'd be cohabitants. <laughs> Lesbian. <laughs> Take out his access chip and I'll show you. Why not show me here? You can't access an archive within another archive. So. You first. She nods. There's no instructors here to save you if you're lying, I say. She nods again. It's not a trap, I tell myself. I narrow my eyes. I have no choice. I reach for my chip, but only after she reaches for her own. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> I, I, wait, I, I understand. I look clear on this, actually. So, yeah, I, as best I understand it is that, like, she wants... <laughs> So they're meeting in a memory, right? Like, they're not in the real world. They're, they're in a memory. But remember, in order to get to this memory, Casino would need the chip of the memory in order to access it. And presumably, she could access it from anywhere. But this, from a tech perspective, is a little confusing. Because when you load a CD into, like, a CD-ROM, it plays the data off of that device. But actually, what's happening here is they truly are just, like access codes that are booting these people into a like shared server someplace like it's like this memory is someplace in the in the database and they're both accessing the same thing at the same time right because they're they're two people in very different locations presumably but then but then when they boot out the chips they're actually in the same room Casina what is, the fuck yeah Casina is what like, the fuck with her has presumably also bypassed all security measures and is just standing next to her in the real world what what the fuck I'm so, I'm so confused so first of all Lex mentioned that Casina probably lives on this place called Apprentice Island hilarious all of like the new people it's like Right, it's it's like a love island, but worse. <laughs> yeah. And and so she just like took a boat from Apprentice Island or like a skyship or whatever the fuck, and went specifically for what reason we don't know. So 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 okay. Before what I didn't understand this whole back and forth that they're having is basically that like she's like if you take out his access ship, I'll show you. But Lex is afraid that Casina is trying to like sabotage her yeah so she's like you take your access chip out first 
But how is she in his same memory if access chips can't be duplicated? Uh, I, I, who knows? Who knows? It is so confusing. I don't know. I don't know why. Like, they should have said less. They should have said less. Way less. About the yeah. Rules. And also, because like, now... Lex seems to know in this instance that Casina is like next to her. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't just leave and be like, okay, well, I have the chip. I'll just come back later. Also, they can't like hurt each other, so there's no point to like leaving. But Casina's literally like, she's like, leave, and I'll give you like a new archive chip. But Lex doesn't know that she's right next to her. So why, if you're Lex, would you boot yourself from the Matrix unless you also know that she's right there and is about to hand you a new chip? Like, and, and, which is exactly what happens, but based on the rules of how all of this works, like, Lex would have no idea or no awareness that, like, Casina is in the same room with her. Unless, of course, you do need to be side-by-side side with somebody in order for them to be side-by-side side with you in the Matrix, which is yet another rule that I'm this very... This giving me a migraine. Yeah, it doesn't... I don't know. None of this matters. So, okay. None of it matters. None of it matters. So, they... They're in the room together. They're in, like, the vault, like, the archive vault together. And Casina has, like, a new chip. And Lex is like, how'd you get a copy of it? Um, where is he? Tell me. And she's like, put this in and you'll see for yourself. It's another of Kane's memories. And she's like, you first. And Casina's like, I only have one. It's hard enough sharing this with you. I don't want to share it with you. Um, and so she has this chip, this like random chip. And Lex doesn't actually know at all, like what it leads to or where it's going to go. But like, it will incapacitate her if she puts it in, in front of her like mortal enemy, and she does anyways because she's an idiot so Casina claims that Kane gave her this chip yeah and that he's hurt somehow oh yes great great detail yep mm-hmm. so Lex is obviously like I don't know if she's telling me the truth but she seems like she is like she she doesn't look like her normal self like something about her eyes tells me she's telling the truth and i'm like worried now like she's yeah. worried about keen yeah so she, that's why she decides to do it right mm. right and she's like ultimately it doesn't even matter because this could be a trap but i would have no choice because kane's in trouble like literally the last line is like what is it it's like but it's kane so i have no choice which all of this absurd reasoning for like the sake of kane is a little bit out of the blue and I think it's basically supposed to map to their like burgeoning relation or like their feelings for one another which have only really come into focus in the last like couple of chapters right like we had the drugs chapter we had the simulation exam and now we've gotten this chapter but I could use a little bit more pondering about Kane during like the off time to make a little bit more sense of the fact that she feels completely powerless um, when given you know the the prospect of, of you know saving him potentially right and there's obviously something that's going to go very wrong now because before the last line she says most of all i fear that learning the truth may be the most dangerous thing of all so like very clearly her going into this memory is going to hurt her somehow like it's going to be painful for her somehow which makes me feel like kane is a candidate at the emergence ball i almost wonder if the memory will be the emergence ball right like maybe it's something that happens at the emergence ball it might be yeah that could be kind of i feel like it might be and i feel like casina is setting her up yeah i mean casina like has really endured as a character which i felt like she sort of 
endured well past the expiration date of the, like, you know, bitchy friend. Uh, and I would sort of chalked that up to the fact that the book just couldn't let go of the one foil that they created for Lex, right? Because that was the only thing giving her dimension was, like, putting down Casina. And now I'm like, oh, no, she's probably way more involved in the plot. Like, either she's going to be some, like, denizen of the capital and she's going to be defeated. Or her hatred has been a cover this entire time and really she's going to be, you know, misunderstood and she's been a rebel or something like that. And this is sort of, mm. you know, part of her act. I don't know. It's it might not, it might be neither of those. Yeah, I have no idea. I feel like equally could be... Mm her never showing up again yeah or her being very important to the plot and then just she she won't stop showing up to make it like a moment of sort of like tension of like should i believe casina yes or no type of thing but Mm -hmm. we'll see yeah well i don't know i always end up rooting for like the girl that every that they intend for us to hate just like zarpeza because like the other the the actual main characters of this book are so deeply unlikable that like anybody is preferable to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really giving. Show us Veda only. Yes, bring Veda back. Uh, it is really bringing like the book's vibes, or at least the vibes that was sort of we go into. I feel like we basically assign a Cusco and a Yisma to like all of the books, and we're always rooting for like the like the like bitchy hag. <laughs> all of the well yeah Yeah. i'm gonna if there's one thing i'm gonna do it's root for yzma yeah exactly that's my bitch yes (laughs) but like that person who grew i feel like is such an ingenious movie because like you kind of are on her side because you're like wow like Cusco is such like a bad character and you really don't like him and eventually like you learn to like be endeared by him but you sort of understand exactly why yzma's doing all that she's doing Right, but that is the point. The, the brilliance of the Emperor's New Group is, like, that's the point. Like, the whole point. Like, supposed to be terrible? Yes. Like, he's terrible and he changes, right? But they are trying to sell us these, like, horrible characteristics as, like, good things. And they're not. Yeah, not at all. Not at, at all. all. <laughs> Anyways, that's the end of the right, of, well, of chapter the 11. <laughs> God. All right. Let's talk about it. Um, Rose in a thorn. I made you go first last time. So I'm going to say that my... My rose is that... It's very minor, but I love that, like, the archive memories take on the subjectivity of actual memories. I think that's, like, an interesting sort of neuroscientific detail Mm -hmm. that I really like. And it does sort of open up a lot of cool potential for the rest of the archives, which are presumably also like featuring a lot of subjectivity right and that has implications for like the simulation exam and like the the horrors that we've seen in like the deep and yada 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 so i like the idea that like they're they're not even known to be like infallible or like empirically um objective so that that i kind of think is cool my big thorn is that the this whole chapter i couldn't stop like wondering about how any of the archive stuff like actually work like it's so much chips in wrist slots in memories and the the choreography at the end like i didn't think that we were going to get such a shining example of why this is so confusing and clumsy and it just reminds me that like sometimes people like have an idea like oh i want to put like archives in this and i want there to be these like cool sort of dream sequences and they invent all of these like weird technologies to make sense of it but because they don't know anything about like 
actual technology, right? Like they just end up confusing themselves and it comes across really loud and clear in moments like this when like you've yeah. got characters like that are maneuvering among it. And like, I don't think everyone needs to be a fucking engineer. Like not everyone's had like my background working in like tech and stuff like that, but at least have someone who knows computers a little bit look at this stuff because they'll be able to tell you like oh the thing that you want to describe just describe it this way it'll make so much more sense yeah i i completely agree with you i think my rose and thorn also are archive related so my rose is i loved the little details that we saw about kane as a kid like i could very like clearly pictured like a kid who's sort of like neglected or feels alone sort of just like camping out in his front yard in his backyard yeah and trying to like cheer himself up and like kind of make create a world of his own where he's like using his imagination and like his love for art to sort of feel less lonely yeah uh i i I felt like i could relate to that in some in some little ways Mm -hmm. and i thought that was very sweet I do wish, like you said, that they had spent a little bit more time, like her maybe picking up one of the pieces of art or like Mm. him, like having like a journal or something a little bit more would have been nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my thorn is also sort of like the over explaining of the rules and sort of the choreography of her and Casina and how that whole thing worked, (laughs) which it didn't work. And I feel like if you're having to explain core things about a very important mechanism in your book in the moment that it's crucial Mm. then you've already sort of like fucked up majorly because like the audience should already very very feel very comfortable with the archives we should know how it works so that when something happens that's not supposed to happen or that like it's rare then we have like a reaction to it because suddenly it's like oh my gosh right because we've already been prepped for it mm-hmm. it's um it's i i love to use this example when it comes to storytelling and it's very random but it's always sunny in philadelphia one of the reasons why that show is so funny and good is because you know all the characters are fucking idiots and they are so chaotic in their own ways so when a storyline is presented to you and you know that they're going to be interacting with like certain people or like going to a high school reunion mm-hmm. you're already ready to like oh my fucking god this is going to be so good this is going to be so funny because you know how they interact with the world around them because their characters are so well defined the rules of what they do how they react to things are so well defined and i think that that is how you need to approach something as big as the archives we should know everything about it we should know what happens if Casina is in there at the same time as her and if those rules are subverted somehow because someone's very powerful like that would have been way more impactful like us if we had if we cared more about Casina her showing up in the memory if we knew that only super high level yeah officers could do that then we were like suddenly like fuck like yeah Casina is now this like really high level person and like maybe Lex is going to get in trouble or something like it would have added tension to the moment but because we don't know how it works to the point where it's being explained up until the moment we do things within the archive it just ends up clunky and confusing and yeah yeah. I hated it. I totally I agree. It. Like, you don't want your reader to be referencing the manufacturing details of, like, like the guy, like, right, like, 
the technology of the book. You don't want them like flipping literally through like, and this has excerpts of like the manufacturing like details of like how these things work literally right before they happen. So it's, it's, it's distracting and you don't want someone sort of like piecing these things together when really you want their focus to be on the emotional significance of what these things means or like the potential, you know, outcomes that give tension to the scene. Um, it's just too distracting. So yeah, good rose, good thorn. Yeah. I I approve. Chapter two done. Chapter two. <laughs> Shut up. So if you want to follow us on social media, we are at anchor.fm slash bad author book club. Uh, our Instagram is bad author book club and our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com and if you want to follow me Clarabel, I'm at Clarabel underscore Ortega on Insta TikTok and threads and you can also find me on Blue Sky at just Clarabel Ortega and my website is clarabelortega.com if you'd like to follow me all my socials are pretty easily findable via Google just Google Ryan LaSala but I'm on Insta Twitter and TikTok right now under the Ryan LaSala my website is ryanlasala.com and if y'all could go and pre-order my next book Beholder which comes out October 3rd uh, I would love to do it please do that oh my gosh do it yes uh, go do it right now yes I promise there's many simulation exams <clears throat> to come and uh, actually that's not true I promise that it's spooky I promise that it'll be the perfect read for for Halloween and the the gloomy months so yeah anyways hot queens we love you thank you so much for listening and come and chat with us on discord the show notes have the link and so we will check out all of your thoughts and theories there all right bye, bye. thanks for going into the archives with yeah, us <laughs> good to see you horse girls <laughs> 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 Good nay. You you didn't know that I could. That was. I didn't know I could do. You know, I I I have on my horse shirt right now. I don't know if you can see. I've got my horse mother shirt. Yeah, yeah. So. I think at a deeper level, and this is purely conjecture, I literally think that he has, like, a humiliation kink. Like, I think him ruining the site. Like, I just know that there's, like, Grimes is somewhere with a stiletto (gasps) pressed to his... Being like, you're going to ruin that tech company for me again, aren't you, tomorrow? Like, you're really going to lose a billion dollars in investment. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I am. And she's like, how much, how much is it going to fall in the stock market? And he's like, a hundred! And then he... (laughs) I don't know how the stock market works. (laughs) Sorry. I I wish that you had never said that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.